0: Good morning, SCC. I am so glad that you are part of our service this morning. My name is Carolyn Dunn, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor of this amazing church. So we are so glad you have tuned in from wherever you are today. And uh, whether you are listening to the podcast or you are watching it live on Facebook or YouTube, we just want to say we are so glad that you are taking the time to invest into your faith, into your relationship with Jesus, and be part of this Stockholm community community right here in Stockholm, Sweden. How many of you like a good story? I think most of us like a good story, whether that story is in a book that we can't put down or the storyline of a movie that just keeps moving us forward and all of a sudden we don't realize that the movie's gone two hours and we wish that there would be more or that song that has that story woven throughout the lyrics and the sound. We all like stories. Why do we like some stories more than others? Well, some stories, they move our heart, right? They draw at our heartstrings. Sometimes stories resonate with things that we have gone through ourselves. And sometimes stories give us a picture of something that we couldn't even picture on our own, but because of the words that are being used, we can place ourselves in that situation. So stories, they move us. They change us. And sometimes stories even inspire us into action. Well, we are kicking off a brand new series this morning, and we are going to be talking about the parables that Jesus taught to his disciples and to the people who would come and follow him along the countryside. We want to think about his parables in this way that the parables teach us how to act, think, and lead like Jesus now there are a couple of things that are a little bit tricky about parables you see parables are not just simple stories actually the parables can be kind of confusing a little bit perplexing and actually the goal of parables that Jesus the way Jesus used the parables he wanted to change the mindset and the way that the people had always done things he wanted to take out the the religious traditions he wanted to bring the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven right here to earth and so he used parables now we are going to take a parable this morning that can be seen as maybe a little bit complex the other thing about parables is usually parables have that aha moment, or even that twist at the end. So you think maybe a parable is going in a certain direction and all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I didn't see that coming. And so as we look this morning at the parable of the talents, let's really see what the word of God, what Jesus' word has to teach us about us, about him, and about his kingdom. So are you guys ready? I would really encourage you to have notebooks or something on your phone to take notes because I'm gonna challenge you at the end of this message to take action, to do something. You see, as followers of Jesus, we don't wanna just be taking in all of these spiritual truths, reading the word, and then not doing anything about it. No, we want to take as God, puts things on our heart, reveals things to us, that we go and we make a difference. So are you guys with me? So either you have your notebooks out or you have maybe your phone out, but let's see what God has for you and for me this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to go to verses 14 through 30 is the entire passage, but I'm going to read the first few verses, 14 through 18. And you can follow along on the screen or in your Bibles. For it is just like a man who was about to take a journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now we're gonna start with that first few words in the verse 14. You see, we we jumped in into the middle of the chapter here. And in verse 14, it says, it is, okay? It is, it is just like. Well, what is Jesus referring to? Well, if we go back to Matthew 25 verse one, He's actually talking about the kingdom of heaven. So when we read this, we need to read it as this. The kingdom of heaven is just like. And you see, the kingdom of heaven, that is the central theme around all of the parables that Jesus taught. You see, the focus is bringing the kingdom of heaven right here to earth. And so we see through these parables that Jesus' priority and God's priority and the Holy Spirit's priority is the kingdom of God. We see that in the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6, chapter 10. And we, if we know the Lord's Prayer, we're familiar with these words. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the order, the structure and how things are in heaven, that is what God wants to bring here to us on earth. The priorities of heaven should be the priorities of earth. And so let's take a look at this, a talent that is referenced in this scripture. Some uh, other translations will say a bag of gold. Well, in the Old Testament, a talent was a unit of measurement. So you would actually weigh precious metals such as gold and silver, and, and you would have a value of it. In the New Testament, the talent was seen as the value of money, or it could be a coin. So a talent, as, as historians have looked at it, was worth about 15 to 20 years of a day laborer's wage. Okay, one talent was worth 15 years. Okay. That's a lot of money. So think your annual salary and then your master, the master says, here, I want you to take your annual salary times 15 and I want you to go and do something with it. I'm entrusting you with it. That's a lot of trust. So we have servant number one, he got five, and servant number two, he got two, and servant number three, he got one. Now, how was it decided who got what? Why did one servant get five and one two and one one? I mean, it sounds maybe a little bit unfair, and, but it was a level of trust. And if we look at verse 15, it says, each got according to his own ability. So servant number one, because of his ability, the master said, I'm going to entrust you with five. Servant number two, because your ability, I'm going to entrust you with two. And servant number three, I'm going to entrust you with one. Even that one talent was still a lot. It had a lot of value and it had a lot of worth. Now, the Greek word used for ability is the word dunamis. Yes, Dunamis. So what does dunamis mean? Well, one of the definitions of it is explosive power. So think about this way. A stick of dynamite. That's pretty explosive, right? And you light that stick of dynamite, it's going to go boom. And so the same as we look at our abilities here, the word dunamis is translated to talents, abilities, explosive potential. So your ability that you have been given, that I have been given by God has explosive potential if we take that ability and we use it for the kingdom of God. Now, God looks at every person exactly where you are today and where I am today, but he also looks at the potential that is in each and every one of us. The potential of what he sees of what we can do and what we can become and how we can further the gospel. And so again, in this picture of of this parable, the master really is the Lord. As he entrusts us with things, as he gives us opportunities, and he gives it to us not just because of what we can do today, but the potential of what we can do now that is super exciting now the bottom line is this god wants to expand his kingdom and he wants to expand his work and what do i mean by that i mean that he wants to reach every single person on this earth with his love He wants his presence to fill their life. He wants the Holy Spirit to guide them and to lead them. He wants to expand the kingdom of God. And he is looking for workers. He's looking for men and women who say, I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be part of something that is bigger than myself. And so God says, You have accepted my son Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Guess what? I have a work for you to do. Now that work may be in a school, it may be in your home, it may be in the place of business, it may be in your neighborhood, but God's got something for you to do. And the question is, will you take the abilities that God has given you and do something with it? Well, I hope so, because that is how God will expand the kingdom. Now we have to be careful to not get stuck in the comparison trap, right? It is so easy. We look at other people and what they can do and their abilities and even opportunities that they receive. And we go, well, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be that type of leader. I wish I could serve like them. I wish I had their sense of humor or their outgoingness. And we tend to diminish our own ability and our own worth when we do compare. Because we all know this comparison, we never compare our strengths to someone else's weaknesses. No, we compare our weaknesses to someone else's strengths, which guess what? It makes the gap between us even bigger. You see, God has uniquely created you. It says in his word that you are his masterpiece. So do not question how God has created you because he did it with intention and he did it with purpose. Now... God is trusting that your heart is going to be rooted in his heart. You see, Jesus even submitted to God's will. He said, not my will, but your will. And so when my heart is rooted in Jesus, he is going to give me the desires of my heart because the desires of my heart will reflect who Jesus is inside of me. So let's take a look again at this parable. So servant number one, he multiplied. He went from five to 10. Servant number two, he went from two to four. And, and, and the master's response was the same to both of them. In verse 22, this is what uh, the master said, 21 and 22. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Aren't those the words that we long to hear from God, that one day when we get to stand face to face with him, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. But I love it how at the end of that verse, it says to share In the joy of your master. You see, when we go about God's business, there's a lot of joy that comes with that. When we get to bring a piece of heaven here to earth, there's a lot of joy that comes in it. And that all has to do with our perspective. That's a whole different message. But really that joy to say, I did what God wanted me to do. I was part of God's plan to help transform someone's life, to rescue someone, to feed the hungry, to to take care of the lonely. There is joy when we get to do something that is bigger than ourselves. And guess what? God's plans for our lives is always bigger than us. We just get to be a small part of it to see the kingdom of heaven come and be part here of the earth. But what happened to servant number three? He buried his talent. Now, why did he do that? Well, one, it was a lot of money. Fifteen years, at least, of salary. That's a lot of money. Maybe he didn't trust in his own ability. Maybe he had had some bad past experiences of failure. Maybe he didn't have people who believed in him, or he started comparing himself with the other two servants. And so he thought that the safe thing to do was, I'm going to keep this safe because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to squander it. I'm just going to bury it. But then we get to see another picture here, what servant three, his view of the master was. And, and we see that he said about the master of I thought he was going to be harsh and angry. So the servant number three had been given this opportunity, but because of his view of the master, he actually was fearful of the master. He didn't see that as the master was trusting him with this, that he was relying on him, that he could also be trustworthy. And sometimes our view of who God is directly impacts what we do. It impacts the risks that we're willing to take. And some of us, we may have this view of God that he's sitting up in heaven, just waiting for us to mess up, waiting for us to fail, waiting for us to make a mistake so he can punish us. But that is not who God is. You know, if we can look look at scripture throughout the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, it is a story of redemption where God continually shows his love for his people. And if he didn't love us, he wouldn't have sent his son to, to die for our sins and to give us grace and mercy and second chances. So if your view of God is that he is a God who is distant or a God who is just waiting for you to fail and waiting to correct you, then I'm going to challenge you to say, dig into the word of God, because that is not who God is. God is a loving God God. He is the Abba Father who is for you and who is with you. Now he does send his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to correct us. But the way that he does that, it says in scripture, it is his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. It's God's kindness that helps us to see, oh wow, this is an area of my life that You know what? It's not the best for me. So God, I'm going to say I'm sorry for having this mindset, for speaking these words, for living this way, and I'm going to realign my life with your word. And so if your view of God is that he is this harsh God who's waiting for you to mess up, get into the word and really see that he is a promise keeper. He is a way maker. He is a healer and he is for you because he sent his son specifically you so the wages of death, the wages of sin, would have no power and no authority over you. Now, our theology of how we view God impacts our relationship with him. God wants nothing more than to be in a close relationship with you. So let's get our theology right about who God is. If you have specific questions about this don't hesitate to reach out i would love to send you a bunch of scriptures to show you the character of who god is i just don't have enough time here this morning to go over all of it but man the word of god is the best place to go to find out who really god is and what he can do so now let's take a little bit of a step back to the talents you see God wants us to be faithful with what he has given us. And he wants us to be faithful with what he has given us so that we can make a difference. Now, the master in the story of the parable, he didn't tell the servants what to do with the money. He just entrusted them with it. But we can see what Jesus wants us to do. We see throughout Jesus' life and his messages, he announced the arrival of God's kingdom. And he announced the arrivals of God's kingdom by feeding the hungry, curing the sick, blessing the meek, and serving the least. So as God has given us these talents, these abilities, guess what we get to do? We get to preach the gospel to this entire world. And we do that through words, but we do it even more so through actions. Are we feeding the hungry? Are we clothing the naked? Are we taking care of the orphans and the widows? Are we doing things that are in the priority of God's heart? We all want to hear at the end, well done, good and faithful servant. We need to use all that we have for the kingdom of God. All that we have, all that we have, Now let's look at the little twist here now at the end of the parable. And in verse 28, it says this. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wait a minute. I told you, sometimes in these parables, Jesus has this twist. The third servant who buried his talent, the master was, get out of here. You don't get to have anything, and I'm going to take what you had, and I'm going to give it. To someone else now this is probably some of the strongest language that we see jesus have in the new testament and really the way we can interpret this is him saying my will will be accomplished one way or another i invite you to be part of what i'm doing but you have a choice you can bury the abilities and talents and opportunities i give you and not do anything with them. Or you can go out and you can take risks and you can step out and serve in ways that will make sure that the kingdom of God comes right here on earth. The kingdom of God will be established because that is God's will. Now, God's purpose for us, we see it from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, it says to go and multiply. We are supposed to go and increase. He said that to uh, Adam and Eve. He said that to Abraham. In John 15, 8, he says, go and bear much fruit. It also says to go and make disciples. So what does it mean to increase? We want to see an increase in salvation. We want to see an increase in healing. We want to see an increase in restoration. We want to see an increase in forgiveness. We want to see an increase in reconciliation. And church, guess what? You and I. Get to partner with what God wants to do here on earth so that there is more healing, so that there is more forgiveness, so that there is more reconciliation, so that there is more salvations. You see, we are called to be a blessing to this world. And so we cannot shrink back, we cannot hide, or we cannot say, well, I don't have anything to offer because in Christ, you have so much jesus said in the new testament that we will do greater things than what he did so it is time church to step out we first step into the word of god in order to step out so that god can do abundantly more than what we could ever hope for or dream of and we could change people's lives because we're introducing them to jesus so my question to you, how are you blessing your neighbors? How are you blessing your coworkers? How are you blessing the stranger on the street? How are you doing that? Because Jesus wants you to and has called us to be the light of the world. When you walk into a room, do you change the atmosphere? If the room is negative, do you come in with positivity? Do you come in with the love of Christ? Do you come into your workplace saying, I'm going to give my best. Yes, I may not get along with my boss and maybe they are being extra demanding of me. But you know what? I have Jesus and he is more than enough. And so I get to change the atmosphere in this room. Do we walk in with the mindset of Christ, the kingdom of God, mind step. So as we've looked at this parable, as Jesus talks about the talents, will we multiply it like the first servant? Will we multiply it like the second one? Or will we hide it? like the third servant. And I'm believing that we will be like servant number one and servant number two. And so this is the reason why I asked you to pull out your journal. I asked you to pull out maybe your notes. What difference is God gonna ask you to make this week? What difference? You see, some of our key values here at Stockholm Community is we want to lead with generosity. We want to lead with authenticity. We want to lead with service, right? We want to lead with honor. And so we have an opportunity to take what God has given us, and sometimes it may seem too big. It may seem like too much. But guess what? He is the one who walks with us. He is the one who empowers us. So church... You can tell I'm passionate about this morning, but I want us to go out and make a difference. And if I say I'm going to do it tomorrow, I'm going to do it next week, guess what? It's not going to happen. It is today that God wants us to make a difference. So maybe you call someone, you send someone a note, maybe you pray for someone. Whatever it is that God puts before you, may you walk in obedience and may you walk in faithfulness because God has been faithful to us and we get to respond in being faithful as well. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for the stories that you share through the parables. I thank you, God, that you take our mindset and you shift it and you change it. And we look at something from a different way than we've ever looked at it before. And so, God, may we take the talents and the abilities that you have given us. Let us take that dunamis, that power, explosive potential, and to bring the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And let us not compare ourselves with anyone else, but say, God, for such a time as this, you have equipped me, you have empowered me, and I will be faithful to what you put in my hands. So Jesus, I thank you for the lives that will be changed because we walk in obedience to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All righty, church. Brian's coming back with just some closing thoughts, so hang tight. And I'm excited as next week we continue the series like Jesus.